Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Funnel, an e-commerce podcast. Each episode, we interview e-commerce experts to bring you the latest insights. We tackle the latest trends and topics that matter the most to e-commerce pros. I'm Shannon Keneally, the content writer at Blue Acorn. And I'm Casey Long, client success manager at Blue Acorn. Today we have with us Dan Forno. He's the director of client success at Blue Acorn. And today we'll be discussing product registration. So Dan, why don't you just walk us through first, what is product registration? Sure. Um, So most people would recognize product registration from, you know, you get a TV or an appliance and, you know, previously before the industry, before e-commerce proliferated, um, there was a card that you would get to fill out and send off in the mail that got your product registered with the brand or the manufacturer. These days, it's it's definitely changed. Um, brands are using it as a tool, and uh, less so about you know understanding how many people have bought their product. And so, so Dan, what's the like big picture benefits for a, particularly a digital brand? Because that's you know that's what I think our listeners are super interested in. I know I remember like buying a Coleman lantern at Walmart and having a paper card. But mm-hmm. like, can you? sort of walk us through uh, the digital, the, the, the value prop for a digital brand that's selling online? Yeah, so digital brands, uh, you know, they can, they can utilize this, uh, but it doesn't have to just strictly be digital brands. This could be, you know, any brand that sells at retail. Um, that's probably where you're going to see the majority of uh, the benefit to product registration is a brand, whether it's, you know, it has its own, uh, retail presence or it sells through the, the big box retailers, um, they're going to be the ones that basically get to utilize the, the marketing spend of the big box retailers to acquire new customers that they didn't get you know, to their own digital website and then be able to pull them back into their uh, marketing capabilities through you know, the, the, this product registration program. So the product is sold uh, to a retailer, a retailer sells it to the end consumer. Typically that connection between the end consumer and the brand isn't made. Um, but if there's a good product registration, uh, offering in place, they then make that connection. And now the brand can market directly to that consumer. So that kind of butts up against the whole like idea that, um, building up your digital presence will somehow eat into your retail or vice versa. Cause the way you're describing it, it sounds like, a customer goes and, and buys the, you know, sleeping bag at Dick's Sporting Goods, they register their product and, you know, whoever the sleeping bag company was now has that customer information that they never would have had otherwise. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't just happen. You know, you have to have a really good reason for that customer to register. And previously when it was on that note card, it was really just, Hey, give us your information. And then if there's a, you know, a mundane warranty, or, you know, a safety or recall notification, then that that consumer would get the notification. But really, this day and age, you're going to get that notification online anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so really what they had to do in order to get that, that information from what is essentially a, a retailer's customer is give them a, you know, a value-add reason to register the product with you as the brand. So what are some of those reasons? Um, so, you know, a lot of the brands are getting pretty, um, creative when it comes to what they're offering when a, 
a customer registers a product, you'll see a lot of brands out there um, that are offering special events uh, for their registered owners um, or, you know, new products, uh, getting to see new products before they go to retail, uh, getting discounts during, throughout the year on products on their website, um, some VIP type things. And then, you know, free gifts is also always a good um, way to get people to send in that registration if they know they're going to receive a gift of some value. You can't really just do it with a, you know, if you're a, a brand like a, you know, an appliance manufacturer and you want to send out a t-shirt, like people aren't going to do it for that, but they might do it for like a spatula or something along those lines that is uh, cheap to, uh, to get and cheap to ship. And, uh, you know, that, that consumer is then going to have it in their, their kitchen. So it sounds like it's really more of creating a loyalty program around it rather than just. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. So, you know, especially this day and age, you have to look at this a little bit differently. So loyalty program is something that a lot of, uh, digital native brands and also, uh, you know, just digital retailers are really trying to take their, their current, uh, their current base of um, customers and turn them into loyal customers. What this does is take the current base of customers plus all of those customers that are retail customers and turn them into loyal customers. So it's really one step above that. And I don't think a lot of uh, brands really recognize the, the value that there is associated with this. Who's doing it well today, Dan? Are there, is there anybody that jumps out at you? Yeah, I think, uh, some more of the the lifestyle brands are doing it pretty well. Yeti does it well. Um, Yeti coolers. Um, Dyson does it really well. People want to sign up for these programs. You've got uh, a lot of the housewares um, companies have always done it, so they've just kind of progressed into a better uh, option than just a warranty and safety recall sure. setup. So they're doing it okay. And then you know the consumer electronics brands have always been killing it, like Samsung and. You know, those uh, LG and HP, everyone's always registered their consumer electronics for yeah. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It hasn't really benefited me very much, except every once in a while there's a recall on a product. But, you know, people are always registering consumer electronics. Yeah. Do you think it's because they're more expensive? So people are like, oh, if this breaks, I definitely want to yeah. register it so we get the... Yeah, I think that has them. a lot to do with it. Um, just the, you know, the maybe just that feeling that you're getting some sort of a safety net. Um, whether it's there or not. And so like for, for an, say you're an e-com director and you, and you want to start building out this capability uh, without getting too much into the technical widgets, like how have you seen this implemented well? Are there specific platforms, um, you know, things that uh, someone needs to integrate their website with to make this work seamlessly? Because I know that, that like these days the things we're chasing and what we're talking to our clients about is, the customer experience needs to be fairly seamless and elegant. Um, so what do you see on that front? Yeah, so there's a couple different options when it comes to implementing one of these. You can uh, you can set it up via a third party that, you know, all they do is collect registration and then they actually, they can market to those people who have registered um, or you can build it yourself. Uh, one thing that you'll, you'll want to ensure is that if you're a large-scale organization, say LG or someone like that or even like a Yeti Coolers, where you have a ton of customers and there's a ton of loyal customers, you need to be able to store those records and you need to be able to move them in between your, your marketing platform and this uh, product registration platform. And you need to make sure that 
it's deduped and those customers that have registered have also signed up for your marketing uh, and also have removed themselves from their marketing uh, unsubscribed are, you know, you need to make sure that you're maintaining that data across these platforms. So it can be a pretty significant uh, ask of a small team. So if you're large scale, um, you know, if you look at Salesforce Commerce Cloud, you're not going to want to store all those records in, in Salesforce. You're probably going to want to have something external. Uh, and if you're, you're on like Magento or something like that, same thing if you're on cloud, it's going to count towards uh, your quotas. So you're not going to want to have it housed within that. Um, if you're on uh, a host environment, say Rackspace, then you can do it, but you're going to have to ensure that you have, you know, a database big enough to be able to handle it. Um, and then the connections in between to make sure that you're pulling from, well, even take, uh, you know, the fulfillment of a, a gift or something along those yeah. lines. That needs to be built into this as well. So there's a couple of different factors to it. You want to have the platform that accepts the registration. You want to have connection to your marketing platform. And you want to have a connection to the fulfillment house or distribution center that's handling, say, your free gift. Um, because all that data needs to be passed uh, between those different platforms. So yeah. it's a, it's not just a, a lot of people just think, oh, I just collect the name and I put it in a database and it sits there forever. That's the that's how yeah. it's always been for like the whirlpools of the, of the world. No offense if they're doing anything differently today, but, you know, just growing up and seeing how it's done, you know, and then talking to a lot of these brands over the years, they're like, oh, yeah, we collect these registrations. They sit in this, in this database and we've never <laughs> touched it before. We don't even know how yeah. many are in there. Mm-hmm. And then they look and there's like millions and it's wow. like, well, what are you doing with all yeah, this like information? Pump it into your marketing platform. Right. Right. <laughs> pump it into your marketing yeah. platform. And, you know, the biggest, if you can, like, just, you know, tie a bow on this thing is that you did not actively pay to get that consumer. So the cost of acquisition on a consumer to your, to your current website is, your web store, is way more expensive than just putting a gift out there that, you know, it's supplied, the card is supplied in the box that goes out to retail, consumer opens it up, that retailer has spent the money to acquire that customer. So all you're doing yeah. is putting the card in the box. Um, so, you know, that those customers are inherently cheaper to acquire. So you have more ability to utilize marketing dollars towards them for different things like discounts. So, you acquire a customer for half the cost it would be for a new customer. You have the ability to offer discounts to that customer where you wouldn't to the one that you paid to get to your website. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it, it sounds like technologically speaking, it's like a lot of the stuff we see with our clients is, um, you know, like there's this capability that they're chasing. There's like a widget, especially if they're scaling or emerging, like there's this widget they can plug in. But like the real secret sauce is knitting it together with all their other technology platforms and like funneling the data into whatever the system of record is rather than just having it sit there and leveraging it in a silo kind of thing. If you don't do it the way you just described, it sits in a black box and nobody ever touches it. So once all the technology is set up and processes are in place, is it pretty hands off or is it still manual? It can be, Um, but... But what I would suggest and where I've seen it done well is where it's not necessarily hands-off. There is, uh, you know, a team that is focused on on this. And with a lot of the the 
more emerging brands and the scaling brands that are out there these days, they know the value of this and they're putting a lot of heads on it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that you're going to want to have. You can either let it run by itself with a good initial setup, or you're going to want to kind of cultivate this thing over time. It's like technologically it can be hands-free, but somebody needs to, somebody needs to own it in your e-com team. Like somebody needs to be the registration guy or gal. Optimize it. and Yeah. And it's typically going to be your IT department and they're going to be, you know, tapped into someone on the marketing side of the house to make sure that everything's flowing properly. Right. Because I think, I would think from a marketing perspective, you'd want to treat the customers who registered from the retailer different than ones who bought straight from your brand. Mm -hmm. Because Yeah, and you're going to get, um, so the great thing about it too is the, depending on the way you set this up, you might know exactly what product that person has in their hands down to the serial number if you're collecting that. So you can say, okay, well, this particular customer, rather than, hey, I own a vacuum, this customer owns this vacuum in this color, this model, and they live here. And you, know, you can collect other information from them like, hey, I, I, do you have pets? What types of pets? And then everything that you market towards that consumer is going to be specific to that. Um, And so you can get that from the sale of products through your own website. But one thing you're not going to get is serial number. Um, So, you know, when it comes to recall and stuff like that, that's why they collect serial numbers. But really, if you know how your products are serialized, you can market to those consumers differently, even provide different types of free gifts and events and stuff like that based on that. Because if they buy the top of the line model and uh, you know that they paid for the, you know, the best of the best and you have the serial number, you know exactly what product it is. So you can offer them different types of VIP uh, setups, different discounts, uh, offer them free product in the future that you wouldn't offer to your, your basic, uh, you know, low level entry level model consumer and then could they also know which retailer they purchase it from so if i know most of my customers are buying it from target versus walmart i know to adjust my merchandising based on that yeah so one thing that you would have to do is probably unless you were really tracking your um your product sell through very down to the nitty-gritty like understanding which uh block of products are getting sold at which retailer, which most probably aren't going to get to that level. Um, you ask for, you know, where did you purchase this product? And so you're going to get that information from the majority of the consumers. They're going to tell you where they got it. And that's information that your retailers wouldn't necessarily provide back to you to say, Hey, customer X bought this at our, our retail establishment. What they will tell you is we sold one product one of your product at our retail establishment. So it gives you a better understanding of the demographic that's purchasing at these different types of big box retailers or even, you know, smaller mid-level retailers or, you know, a mom and pop down the street. And do retailers ever push back on this? I mean, I know they're not part of the integration or anything, but are there any complaints from the retail? Not that I know of. Not that I've heard. Um, I think the smarter retailers would probably start to push back if uh, if you're really going after 
and marketing to their customer based on the purchase at their retail establishment. Um, I don't think they've necessarily caught on to it yet, um, but there is a there will be at some point a large scale brand that puts their product out at retail and then takes all of those uh, retail customers and then markets all their products to them and that retailer never sees another dime from that customer for that product and that's it's going to be a little bit of a sea change at some point but I don't think we're even close to that yet. Okay. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to cover on product registration or top things brands should know? Yeah, I think the top thing is it's important. And uh, if you're not focusing on it right now, then you should have it in your plan for you know the, the coming year or the year after that. Um, it's getting harder and harder to get customers to your um, direct-to-consumer retail site. Uh, so this is a way of spending less and getting more consumers who have absolutely purchased your, your product in the past. Um, and, you know, that's uh, something that you're not getting by marketing just to, you know, using pay-per-click or, or uh, email marketing. Your email marketing campaigns aren't necessarily verified buyers of your product. This entire list is a verified buyer of your product. So it's a good way of uh, producing good reviews on your site and also uh, really getting a lot of uh, customers that you wouldn't necessarily have gotten for a lot cheaper than it would be to go out and get them through your standard means. All right. Thank you, Dan, for joining us. For those listening, you'll be able to find all of our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on Blue Acorn's website. So if you're looking for ways to improve your existing e-commerce site or considering a new e-commerce platform, please feel free to reach out to Blue Acorn. You can email us at info at blueacorn.com or call 843-793-5641. Until next time.